Hello, and welcome to the Vitality Women Leading Audaciously podcast. I am Jennifer Helene, CEO of Purposeful Ventures, devoted to naturally innovative solutions for the realignment of humanity. We believe that stories connect us, dismantling the illusion of separation, causing healing. This interview will be 20 to 30 minutes long, and I look forward to sharing on Common Ground. Hello and welcome to Vitality, Women Leading Audaciously. I am thrilled today to welcome my guest, Leslie Bailey, CEO and founder of Indie Maven. Leslie, welcome to the show. Please tell us about yourself. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I started this company, Indie Maven. We create content and community for women in central Indiana. That's where we're based. Um, so my background is in journalism and launched this company in October of 2019. 2019, so just pre-pandemic, right? Five months before. I found out I was pregnant the night before with my second child the night before our launch party. And then the pandemic came five months later. So that's been wild. That's amazing. Has the pandemic served you? I mean, have you noticed it's, because um, your business was new when it started, but I mean, like, so you've just had to adapt along the way, but has it been good to you? In some ways, I think the timing was sort of, perfect. I mean, events were a large part of our business. So that part was not great, but also we had this product that was digital and was there to serve women and to be able to serve women in a sign of need where they were looking for entertainment, information, inspiration, community. And that was what our entire product was. So we grew, I think, faster than we would have not pandemic. Oh, that's so true. I could see how that could be. And also, you know, you made it happen. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> there was definitely hard work put into that, but yeah. And like, why this? I mean, cause like you could be a writer and do anything. You could write a book, you could write a movie, you could um, try to freelance write for other people. Like what, what kind of brought you to this? Was it just kind of market research or what was it? You know what? That was kind of the problem. I actually worked with a life coach and went to her and said, I, I have this idea for a book and a newsletter and a website and a this and a movie. And she said, you know what? Just pick one. They're all going to, it doesn't matter what you do. It's going to be great. And I kept going, yeah, but, but which one's going to be the successful one? She's like, it doesn't matter. Just pick one. And so I picked a couple that I thought I could package together and kind of put under one umbrella. So this brand was a way for me to take several of my ideas and work them all into one thing and just pick one. So that's what I did. That's really cool. And I think it's helpful for our listeners because a lot of women who are listening are doing a career change right now. Mm-hmm. And um, they're really confused about which direction to go. And of course, doubting themselves as to whether or not they can be successful. So I think hearing that, um, you know, helps us uh, for us all to be able to, you know, give our gifts, follow our passion and also do it in a way that, you know, where they can be successful. Um, and I think that tends to be, you know, we want to serve all and do all and be all. And that's actually, it's actually not going to work. And it takes a lot of being uncomfortable, which is not a place I like to live, but I find myself a lot often, (laughs) but I think a lot of us, especially if you're coming from a job where you had all this security and even if you hated it, it was the known versus the unknown. So it's scary for sure. But yeah, but you know, the content is really the new currency and and it's really tricky uh, because, you know, we went through this wave of like free content and then people kind of got angry about that. Like, I don't want to keep just producing content all day long because you could literally produce content all day long. Um, So then we had the birth of online programs 
And then people were starting to monetize their content um, and create programs, which was kind of exciting. Now we're kind of back to creating content um, and it's a barrier for a lot of solopreneurs who don't have the skills that are necessary, copywriting, design, and so on and so forth. And then there's this like big question mark, how do you actually convert? How do you show ROI from this content creation? So I'd love to hear any like um, market insiders that you could share with us. Oh gosh, where to begin? That's, there, there is so much there and it's so true and it has evolved. I, I sort of stumbled my way into journalism, I don't know, 15 years ago and just watching the entire industry, right? Like influencers have changed that. Um, the amount of resources that are out there now too though, right? That that the content creators whatever, in whatever sphere they were in sort of said, oh, well, you want to know how I did this? Here's, here's how I was successful. So there's not as much mystery around it anymore, but that also means that now there are more people doing it. And so the competition is really high and it's a saturated market. And so it sounds so cheesy, but especially with the different, you know, Gen Z and looking at what authenticity is. I mean, for us, it's, we're very, at least with our brand, it's about having a very real voice and talking about subjects that people don't necessarily want to talk about. And that's always been my brand. I will be the first to say I've had anxiety, depression, and I've always been open about my journey. And my brand is not me necessarily, but I do feel that it's important that at least that part of my voice comes out uh, because we are absolutely better off if we can be more transparent with each other. So that's kind of what our, our brand is built on. And that's worked for us just having that, again, I hate to say that because I think it gets tossed around a lot, but authenticity. Yeah. Vulnerability, authenticity, relatability, mm-hmm. um, which is tricky. It's tricky to like ride that edge of like, I want to be relatable, but I also want to be an authority. I want to yeah. be relatable, but I also need to show I've got it handled and then I can help you get it handled. You know, so it's, it, it is, it is, it is like a real slippery, I don't say slippery slope, but it's an edge. I think that, um, that we walk. Mm-hmm. And there's like ethics behind it too, right? So as a journalist, the way I cover something for a newspaper is very different than what a content creator on Instagram, right? Who is not necessarily obliged to uphold the same transparency. Um, and I think just as consumers making sure that that we are paying attention and going into absorbing this content with eyes wide open and you know what's the motive here like and why is this person creating this um are they just doing it just because they can and they can fill it or is there actual purpose behind this mm-hmm. all big I mean very big topics probably way more than we have time for today but yeah but it's really important that you put that much thought into it I mean I have people approach me all the time to deliver content everything from you know a hundred dollars a month for, you know, 16 posts to $5,000 a month, you know, um, and, and I'm sure the quality that I'd be getting is, is dramatically different from one to the other, but it's just, um, it's just so interesting how the whole sales funnel, um, and it's, it's changing so fast. Um, so fast. and it's, uh, it's so, and I love what you're doing because I, I do, I believe it's a new currency. So I have a question. Do you think people read, there are two types of people, readers and people who watch video, or listen to audio, like there's like a side, some people say, oh, you need to have text heavy on Facebook and video heavy on Instagram. And, and uh, there's like a certain kind of user that either reads or, or listens. 
I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about kind of who the majority is these days or if this is true even? Uh, for sure. I think the majority is going to continue to trend towards video, but I say that with the caveat that like we're, our brand is not video heavy. And in fact, it's something that I want to do more of, but not just because, oh, video is popular. Now we're going to do video, right? That's an important start of important part of storytelling. And on from for Indie Maven, that's just based on resources, right? And and we're we're a small team that is is relatively new, um, you know. But when back when I was working at newspapers, you know, video was even huge then. So. Uh, however, I am also the type of consumer, I'm a reader. I actually don't watch a ton of video. I don't, because often I, I need to watch it on my own time, but you know, if my husband's laying next to me or my kids are there, they don't want to listen to it. Then I've got to go find headphones. Like I get that that is very much one type of person. I'm, I'm a little old school. I mean, I still like getting print magazines in the mail. So Well, of course you read, you're a writer, you know, that makes yeah, a lot right. of sense. And like you said, video can be like um, environmentally prohibitive, like to listen to. I think that's why podcasts have been so popular um, because there isn't that additional element. Um, yes. Although, you know, sound is sound is sound. But I think video also, like they can't really uh, catap catalog it yet. And right. the transcripts are getting there. But like in terms of like SEO um, mm -hmm. and even space, like on your computer, <laughs> And then editing, it's like, it's like the whole, it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different level of, uh, of expertise, but it's interesting. I do think, I think it's trending towards video as well, but I, um, but I hear more and more how important it is to write, especially on Facebook, right? Long form shares on Facebook. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Cause we're older, us older folks, I said about myself, I'm not sure about you. I mean, folks, if you can't see her, she doesn't really look old. No, I <laughs> But you're right. You know, I can listen to the podcast in the car. I just don't have a lot. I am such an on the go person that I don't have a lot of time to sit in front of video for my content consuming in that sense. And if I'm going to sit in front of a screen and watch something, it's going to be, you know, a Netflix or a, a masterclass, something like I'm that. The same way. I'm the same way. I mean, exactly the same way. I have such little tolerance for like tootling around on YouTube. Like I'm just not a really a YouTube user. Um, and it's just shocking because that's, that's so uh, unusual these days, but you are on the go. Um, not only do you have this content creating business uh, that is purposeful and sounds like it's really for women um, and focuses on vulnerability, which I love, or you said authenticity. Um, and you're also doing this uh, co-working space thing, right? So if you're local in Indianapolis, check this out. Tell us about your co-working. Uh, this is like, I've talked about this three times today and it literally happened, I mean, four days ago. So this is totally new. I haven't even announced it. We haven't even launched the website. It's, it's brand new, but the lease has been signed. So we will have a community and co-working space for women. Um, there are quite a few of these popping up around the country, but to have a space as, you know, we talk about the great resignation and I thought it was so funny when we started to see all the headlines during the pandemic about women leaving the work workforce. Cause no one was asking like, where are they going? It was just this boop, end of thin air no one's asking. Right. And so I heard the statistic that the highest number of trademarks ever were filed in 2019 and then, and the highest number ever by women and they're staying in the system longer. So women are filing trademarks, starting businesses, leaving their full-time career, starting side hustles. And then when I asked the women in our community, what is it that you want from this brand? And it was the answer hundred percent of the time was connection, meet other women, networking, and during a pandemic, that was obviously tricky. But so when I started to think, well, what's the next evolution of this business? 
it just kept coming back to a physical space. And because so many offices and things are shutting down, it was just kind of a perfect storm. I found this space that has a cafe and a gym and a wellness studio and locker rooms and, a sh and showers. And I mean, the list goes on. It is, it is, it's just kind of serendipitous that it all came together the way that it did. So hopefully um, opening March, end of March, early April, I'm kind of hesitant to set a date because let's be honest, it always changes. But it always so changes. It takes longer than we think. Plus you're a mom and you're a wife and you've got this <laughs> other business to run, but yeah. that is so exciting. I've always wanted to, uh, to have a co-working space that had a wellness element to it. So it's really thrilling to hear that that exists inside of your space, because honestly you do, you need to get your workout. You need to get your green drink or your green tea, yeah. you know, um, and uh, wouldn't that be wonderful? It's just like one stop right there, boom, and then you come home. Uh, and so if you can one, two, five days a week, I mean, depending on, you know, what your schedule looks like, but I just selfishly, I thought that's what I want. I have an office at home, but if I can two days a week, go, get into the space where I know that I am going to put my head down, get through things, get a workout in, eat, drink a juice, maybe, I don't know, but just be undistracted. And then also having, we're going to have a lot of programming as well too. So from learning from the other women in our community who are experts in whatever it is that they do, um, I sort of say it's it's a way to accelerate. I, um, you know, whether you're just trying to grow your your network, make a friend, or is it that you're trying to grow a business? I, I think that sense of community is the, is the key. At least it has been in my experience. Yeah, my goodness. I mean, it's so productive as well. And it's really hard to network and meet other people post pandemic or we're not and really posting. Yeah, because you, know? yeah, you can organize events and, um, and have speakers come in and just build community. I mean, I don't know about you, but I miss it. I miss being in person. And in a beautiful space too, that doesn't have the clutter or um, <laughs> distractions. Know, yeah, the space is beautiful and it's light and it's airy and it just, it feels good. Oh, that's so exciting. So how do you kind of hold it all together? And, you know, clearly there's space for you to continue to create despite your full life of being a mom and a wife. And how do you create, um, balance isn't the right word anymore, but how do you kind of keep it all together and, and have some grace? Definitely, uh, leaning on other people. So I recently just had COVID and, you know, a friend would say, Oh, what can I bring you dinner on Sunday night? Thank you so much. Like I, take people up on that offer because I know they mean it. My, my good friends, they mean it. They want to help. I know I do when I make that offer. So um, at various points in my business, if I've ever come up against a challenge, it's like the stop. Who do I know that is good at this? Who can help me? Who can I lean on? And I was not a person that did that three years ago. This is all kind of new to me and not because I had too much pride. It just, it never occurred to me to ask people for help. And now it does. And that has been such a game changer for me. It's huge for us all to hear. I had COVID in September and I too needed to accept help from others. And actually I found that to be the most challenging aspect of my COVID experience was accepting the help from others. And so it sounds like you've got a leg up on me there, um, you know, but it was really confronting and revealing. And I don't, I don't know why, um, cause you're right. They mean it when people offer their help, they actually mean it. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, and if you don't accept it, it's kind of insulting in a way, because they actually really want to help. Um, so I just thought the whole thing was just so revealing to me about my own work and, um, you know, and my capacity and ability to receive and what, you know, what is making up that resistance. It's really revealing to me. Well, and, and also it's more efficient. You know, I would realize, oh, I spent three hours trying to YouTube something or figure it out on my own. 
when I could, it would, you know, a, a resource was a phone call away and they right. fixed it in five minutes. And so also realizing that just works to our advantage, even just from a, like it's a productivity way. Totally. And I'm all about efficiency and like practicality. Same. Same. Yeah. Well, look, when you're feeling low on energy, what, what's your go-to, uh, like a bath or maybe it's going to bed. I don't know. Like, do you have a go-to that helps you refuel efficiently? I am not a like napper or anything. I am a big lay and watch TV person. And mm-hmm. it's the latest thing, but that is like, if I just need to recharge, it's the zoning out for me. Um, so again, I'm a big, just watching shows master class if I feel like I need my brain to be productive because sometimes yeah. I have a hard time turning that off. Also my big kind of hack, I guess, in the last couple of months has just been, I look at my calendar for the day or the week or the month and just figure out what I can take off. And it's almost like a game, like what doesn't have to be here. I like that. that is so freeing for me. Uh, it, I, it just, it has, that's been a big, big, game-changing moment for me too. So how to say no. Yeah. Yeah, How to say no. You want to add more, right? We're always thinking adding is the solution. And really most of the time subtraction is the answer. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Like folks, like messages are so good. Folks who are listening, (laughs) please hear, hear this brilliance because a lot of us also, we want to do too much and it's just not possible. And no one wins at the end of the day. You're burned out. You're, you're grumpy. You can't be a good mom. You're definitely not a good wife. I got really sick in November, um, like thought maybe fibromyalgia, like there was just some health stuff popping up and it was because I was completely burning myself out. That's so you, all. you had to come to these solutions, like to survive. It sounds like, yes. yeah, you're like what something's got to give and it's not going to be my health. No. But I also don't want to make that same mistake. So how do I not get back to that point? Cause you know, I think we can also, it's so easy to get in the cycle. So how, yeah. what needs to change like long-term, because if we just make these small changes, right, a bubble bath, isn't going to cut it taking things off of my calendar that don't need to be there. That's the thing that's going to be, make the difference. Yeah. And this show is all about vitality. And oftentimes people think that the vitality is about the skin brushing or the bubble bath. And actually it's, it's more about the mindset. It's more about identifying where we're leaking energy out. It's more about prioritizing and aligning to your core values um, and getting into, you know, deep sleep and some of these like more nuanced aspects of where we need to seal up where power is leaking out in order for us to have the energy to, to do that at things that we actually need to do. And, and it's then you, these, yeah. And then you can actually enjoy the bubble bath. Right? <laughs> just, know, right? just sitting there stressing. You can actually enjoy it. So true. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, tell me, is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with um, words of wisdom? I know there are a lot of women in our audience who are entrepreneurs um, some work for large companies, many work for themselves, uh, lots of coaches, um, but, you know, just based on your areas of expertise, passion, and um, experience, uh, yeah, any, any last words of wisdom for us? My, my thing, I guess, this year, my word for the year is selfishness. Um, I just finished a book called The Art of Selfishness, oddly. Uh, it's very old, but, uh, you know, we hear the whole, the whole phrase of the oxygen mask first, and that's almost become a yeah, yeah, I know I need to do it. And I am focused on me this year. I mean, and if that means that I am, I hate to hurt somebody's feelings, but you know, if it's that I just have to put myself first, you know, I I think we, as women put everybody else in front of us and it just is not working anymore. Um, 
so I say be a little selfish, carve more time for yourself, even within your business too, right? A lot of women don't pay themselves. Um, I have absolutely been guilty of that. I will pay. And of course I will always pay everybody else on my team before me, but at the end of the day, at some point, like if I say that I want to compensate women for the hard work that they're doing, that includes myself. Right. And so I think that's something that women could all do is treating yourself the way that you would treat your best friend, right? What does she deserve? Yeah. Yeah. Your best friend, or even being kind to yourself, you know, seeing yourself like you would your child. Yeah. Right. Put yourself first. I love that. The art of selfishness. That's mm-hmm. uh, definitely relevant for this time that we're in, I believe. And yeah. unfortunately women are kind of condemned. I know I have been for prioritizing myself and uh, it's important also to be around people who can support you in that. Yes. Um, and not, not that you are selfish, right. But that you prioritize yourself so that you can be healthier and happier and serve better as a mother, a wife and an entrepreneur. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been a thank delight. You. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Take good care. Okay. Thank you for listening to Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. Please contact me if you're interested in cultivating more vitality at jennifer-helene.com on the contact page. If you know this episode would be of value to your community, please share it on all of your social media channels. Maybe you are a successful working mom who would like to share your story on this podcast. Please visit podcast.jennifer-helene.com backslash podcast guest to apply. And you might know someone who would be an ideal guest. If so, Tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Vitality Women Leading Audaciously. I absolutely love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team in getting the word out about how to realign humanity with purpose. Purposeful Ventures is a company that is helping moms succeed in revitalizing their lives, relationships, businesses, and health. Please join a more personal conversation by working directly with me, joining my private Facebook group or one of my programs. This is Jennifer Helene, and thanks for spending your precious time with me.